0: Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 11th of December 2016, entitled The Lord Will Do Wonders, Part 3. And the Bible readings are taken from Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 to 11, and Joshua chapter 3, verses 1 to 5. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. Hey, Joshua chapter 3. We're going to read verses 1 through 5. If you'd like to hold your finger there and just turn back a page in your Bible. To Joshua chapter 1, we'd like to read the first 11 verses there to get the context of what chapter 3 is speaking of. I invite you to stand to honor the reading of God's holy and precious Word this morning as we read from Joshua chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou, and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Verse 3, every place that the, side of your, of the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, All the land of the Hittites and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the host, and command the people, saying, Prepare your victuals. For within three days ye shall pass over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you to possess it. And then in chapter 3, verse 1 And Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim and came to Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host. They commanded the people, saying, When ye see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priest, the Levites bearing it, then ye shall remove from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that ye may know the way by which ye must go. For ye have not passed this way heretofore. And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Father, thank you again for the time that you've given us together this morning, for this privilege that we have to be in your house, for your word that has been preserved that we have before us, for your spirit that lives within, whom now at this time we will depend completely upon. Lord, you know the hearts of every individual here Father, you know exactly what they need to hear, not just with their ears, but with their hearts. May you, by the power of your Spirit, through your Word, speak to every heart that which it needs at this time, for your glory, for your honor, in Christ's name, amen and amen. We have been talking these last two Sundays, and we look back again today at the simple thought of the Lord will do wonders. The text that you see on the screen before you, Sanctify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Sanctify yourselves. Set yourselves apart from this world. Tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. We're talking about a God of wonders. We find, of course, in our context here in the book of Joshua that We've looked at a number of things already. The people had just wandered in the wilderness for 40 years because of a lack of faith on the people's part. God has now, Moses has died, God's raised up the new leader. And remember Joshua was one of the two spies, Joshua and Caleb, that had faith in God when they saw the promised land to start with. But the other ten, they saw the giants, they saw the obstacles, and therefore with that lack of faith they wandered for 40 years. We talked about a number of things about when we see life and we see things around us, whether we see the obstacles or we see the opportunity. I honestly believe that we are in a day so many times in the church when Christians' lives are stagnant, the church is stagnant, we don't see the wonders of God amongst us, and we sit back and wonder why. We have just got so accustomed to our little religious lives that we try to appease ourselves with, with giving him these few little bits and pieces along the way, rather than truly seeing God do wonders amongst us. God promised these people. Now, God promised that these wonders would come as we look at them and try to grasp, okay, well, what was it? Can we still see those wonders of God today? Can we see God doing things in our lives And in our church that can't be accredited to man, but they're wonders of God that only He can have the credit and the glory for. We look, first of all, that the Lord will do wonders through divine direction. Sometimes we want our success in our lives and in our church because of us deciding what way we want to go and what works best and laying out all of our plans. But everything that we see in God doing the wonders here, God did do wonders. But the Lord will do wonders through His directions, His directives, that which He has given to us. Secondly, we looked at the fact that it's one thing to have the directions and know what they say. But secondly, God does wonders through decisive obedience. (laughs) You see, we have to know what God wants, and we have to decisively choose to obey what it is that God wants for us to do. That's what they were being given here. And then we saw, thirdly, as we looked last week, that God does wonders through those that are directly dependent upon Him, not dependent upon how much money we have in the bank or how much education that we have or how many great programs that we have or what we belong to and don't belong to and all of these things, dependent upon him and him completely. Remember, they would wondered for 40 years because they were dependent upon their own strength. They saw the obstacles. They saw the giants, and they couldn't overcome that. God is going to do wonders through you when you do what He says, when you obey His directives, and you go forth depending upon Him to do it. We looked at a number of things, a number of real challenges. May I just remind you that we looked at how that man tries to set up all of his programs and ways to do the things that God has left for us to do. I ask you to look at the fact of 7.4 billion people alive on planet Earth. I challenge you to look at the population of China with just under a billion people in that nation alone. If you were to freeze the population of China at one billion, and if you were to have a Pentecost every day of the year, 3,000 souls being saved, the excitement of all of that it would only take you a little over 1,278 years to reach the people of China. 1,278 and a half years to reach the people of China. But we said that if you looked at that same number of people and if you did it the way God did it, God went out and He won somebody else. He called one and He taught that one to go out and to, to win others and to bring them We find that if you took one person and if every day that one person won one person and taught them to win one other, that in 31 days the whole population of China would be one to the Lord. (laughs) Or if you just did one a week, 31 weeks, one a year, a little over 31 years, if you only won one soul per year. And taught that one to win another person to Christ, and you did that in 31 years. If you only did one a year, the whole nation would be won to Christ. We find that I want us to direct our attention with those things in mind. I ask you a question. You know, I ask you, you know, what is it that God wants you to do? because there's something that we see in this passage over and over again sometimes when god begins to deal with us about things we get fearful it's it's a little bit scary of what god is wanting us to do you see what did he keep saying to him here well back in chapter one when he was first directing joshua with what he wanted to do now joshua this is what I want you to do. Remember, this is what I have promised you that I'm going to do. And he says to Joshua in verse five, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. What does he say in verse six? Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people, shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I, God, swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Down in verse 9, have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. We sing that chorus sometimes. Be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. We find that we know these things, we know these truths, but we do believe. I'm saying to you today that the Lord will do wonders. Not only to, do we need to look and realize that it's through His divine directives, through our decisive obedience, through directly depending upon Him, but fourthly to those who He says right here to Joshua, those that are daringly courageous that dare to do that which looks impossible to man. Don't be afraid. Just be bold. Be strong. Be of good courage. A lot of people, I think, sometimes when they maybe go into some kind of ministry to minister to other people and they have this idea that maybe everybody's just going to love them to death because they're doing something good for God. I heard one preacher say one time, well, it might be the death of some of them, but unfortunately, it's not usually through love. (laughs) People aren't going to love you. There's an old saying, you might please some of the people some of the time. You might even please some of the people all of the time. It's even possible to please all of the people some of the time, but you'll never, ever, ever please all the people all the time. You see, the one person, that we should be trying to please, is the Lord. Not everybody else and what everybody thinks. One reality is that if God wants you to do something, if he's the one that wants you to do it, if he's the one that's giving you the call, if he's the one that's directing you, you can do it. (laughs) He's promised to go with you. If you just trust him, be bold. Be courageous, not because of what you can do, but because of what God will do. How did David face the Goliath? How did he face that giant in his life? He was courageous. He couldn't understand. What's wrong with you guys? I mean, who is your God? Don't you know what your God will do through you? We looked here some weeks back on facing the lions as we looked at Daniel in the lion's den as we looked at the three Hebrew children as they went through the fiery furnace they had to be courageous not because of courageous in their own strength but courageous in God because of what God had said to them one of my life verses if you would <laughs> that literally is one of those things that a lot of times when I'm signing my name I'll put the verse after it and all in 1st Thessalonians five twenty four, it says faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. If God's doing the calling, God will do it through you. We've looked at a number of times in John chapter 14 when Jesus said, "'Greater works than these shall ye do, because I go unto the Father.'" Greater than these. Why? Because I'm going to send another and he's going to live within you. We talked about in our adult Bible study this morning. When you've got the Holy Spirit in you, you've got God in you. You find that the question is, can you dare to trust God? You see, I'm not asking you if you can do wondrous things, unexplainable things, things that are beyond our power. I'm not asking you. I'm asking you, do you believe that God can and will do wondrous things. Whatever God wants us to do, whatever task it is that he wants us to accomplish, if God has directed us to do it, if God is the one that is sending us out there to accomplish that work, we ought to dare to do it. We ought to be courageous. There might be battles. There might be giants just like they were when he challenged them to cross over Jordan to go into the promised land. But if God's the one said, I've given you that land, I'm sending you over there, those giants don't have a chance. Not because of who you are, but because of who your God is. I wonder if I ask you this morning personally, Have you lost heart? Have you really lost heart in what God has done for you and what God will do through you? Have you lost your vision? Sometimes the most exciting time in a lot of Christians' lives is when they first get saved and they're all excited and they they believe God can do all these things and then they just kind of fizzle out. (laughs) Have you lost heart? Have Have you lost your vision of what God can and wants to do? Maybe you've been hurt. Maybe you've been discouraged. Maybe things haven't always been perfect and gone like you thought they ought to go. There are battles in life. I can remember some years back, right here at Bethel, when we went away for a while and we came back, and, and a lot of things happened that, as a result, we lost a good part of the, part of the congregation. <laughs> you think I wasn't discouraged? Think I didn't think about quitting? <laughs> you didn't think I didn't think things like, what's the use? <laughs> Why? Why? But the thing kept coming back because that's where I want you. <laughs> God said it's where I've put you. Not because it's going to be easy. Not because everybody's going to like it or love you. Or no, he said, the fact is that's where I want you. They're the thing that'll keep you. Where you need to be is knowing with absolute certainty. You can be courageous, you can be bold when you know you're standing where God wants you to be. Not because you're having success, not because there aren't any battles, not because that everybody loves you. You'll stay because it's where God wants you to be. Joshua and Caleb, man, I want to get out from behind this pulpit. Joshua and Caleb. They had to stay faithful for 40 years of wandering in the wilderness on the backside of the desert because of the lack of faith of others. They had the faith. They knew what God would do. You see, they were in the wilderness not because of their own unbelief, but because of others' unbelief. It is possible for the unbelief of one to keep another from being able to enjoy the land of milk and honey. And i said before, Canaan land is not heaven. There are no giants and obstacles in heaven. Canaan land is the land that God wants to give to us right here on this earth where you're living in his kingdom now. There are battles to overcome. You now, <laughs> we find that It's very possible that when Joshua was being told these things, his thoughts may have gone back to the last 40 years. Well, God, (laughs) you know, you promised us this 40 years ago. (laughs) But they wouldn't listen then. We've been wandering around out here for 40 years because of their unbelief. What makes you think they're going to do it now? But God's not telling him to remember the failures of the past. God's saying, right now, Joshua, I need you to be strong. I need you to be courageous. I need you to be strong and courageous based upon who I am and what I've said and what I'm going to do. I know they've messed up before, but they're not the ones that's doing this. Joshua, be strong. Don't be afraid. Too many churches today have gotten sidelined. Many of them are just absolutely comatose. You wouldn't know if they're alive or dead. It's just some kind of religious thing that they're going through. <laughs> like the story I told you once before when the guy in church had a heart attack and they, they dialed 999 for the paramedics to come and they got and they'd already carried out four of the people before they got to him because they thought they were all dead. <laughs> so many times. That's the state of our churches. <laughs> What's happened? What's happened? Do we want God to do wondrous things? And I'm not talking about building up a lot of fake, false foam and things that are coming from ourselves. I'm talking about getting back to God, doing wondrous things in our lives and in our church because of who he is and what he's promised and because we believe him. God will do wondrous things. But God will do it through divine directives, divine directions, his directions. He'll do it through your decisive obedience in believing him and not just knowing what he wants, getting out there and doing something about it. God will do it. God will do it also not only before you become courageous but through your direct dependence upon him and when you're depending upon him, when you'll be bold courageous. It might look impossible to everybody. Everybody may think you're crazy, but you're operating on faith. You're operating on knowing that God's the one that's ordered this, not man. We find that God will do wondrous things to those who demonstrate God's faithfulness. Is that not what he was saying to them there in verses 10 and 11? Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the host, and command the people, saying, Prepare your victuals, for within three days ye shall pass over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you to possess it. You look just a bit further over in your Bibles, we find that God deals with with, with others in, in, in similar ways, and Jeremiah chapter 32. Notice what he says here. Jeremiah chapter 32 and in verse 17. Word of God says, Oh Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm. And there is, what's the next word in your Bible? Nothing. There is nothing too hard for thee. Lord, you've made everything that is. How can we doubt you? There is nothing. You see, Joshua believed. He he trusted. He acted upon what God told him to do. And he was about to demonstrate it before all of these people, every one of them. He was going to demonstrate God's faithfulness before the whole congregation. Yes, they had missed the opportunity 40 years before. They didn't stand. They didn't march into the land that God had put before them. They saw themselves as grasshoppers before those giants. They could have demonstrated God's faithfulness at that time, but they didn't because they didn't trust him. It's easy sometimes to feel like grasshoppers before the giants. <laughs> it's easy to feel sometimes like if you try this, you're going to be squashed. <laughs> you just can't do it. But I'm saying God is calling on some people to stand up and demonstrate. Joshua, you tell the people this, and you do this. Demonstrate God's faithfulness. You see, what you know what happened when I can't come around there to demonstrate. You know what happened when Joshua stepped in line with what God told him to do? All the others got in line behind him. (laughs) He did. He demonstrated. He said, this is what God wants, and he stepped out to do it. And then they followed. Sometimes you need to demonstrate God's faithfulness. Maybe there's some others that will get in line behind you if you'll first of all demonstrate it, step out, even if you're having to step out on your own. You don't know who's going to get behind you. You step out. You demonstrate how faithful that God is in your life. Let them see it in your life. You find that when Joshua stepped out and believed God and he understood what God was going to do, By demonstrating God's faithfulness, those others stepping out. You see, what we see is just like somebody else's unbelief had kept them there in the wilderness all those 40 years. By the same token, one person's belief can have an effect on many others as to whether they'll believe God. It's one thing to say, I believe God. But God is saying, demonstrate it, Joshua. Step out there and do it by faith. find that's exactly what he did. That's what we then read in chapter 3. When we read those first five verses there, this is him putting into action what God had told him to do. Somebody said, the will of God will never lead you where the grace of God cannot keep you. The will of God will never lead you, where the grace of God cannot keep you. We've got to demonstrate God's faithfulness, whether it's the up times or the down times, the easy times or the hard times. Be willing to demonstrate to those around you your faith in God by letting them see God work Don't just tell them that you believe that God can do these things. I heard another preacher that I was listening to as I was getting ready for church this morning. And one of the statements that he made on there, as we look at this idea of God's faithfulness and being willing to to demonstrate to To those around us, how faithful that, that God really is. So many times, so many times, we know all about the things that God can do. But it's another thing to demonstrate the things that God will do. Folks, we need to see God moving. In our lives, we need to know that, that that God is with us every step of the way. So many people today want everything to be politically correct, <laughs> culturally, culturally acclimatized and correct Christianity. We've got to be careful that we make everything fit into society the way that society wants it. I don't know if any of you have ever heard. I know there used to be some around. I haven't seen anything in in this part of the country in a while, but they were on the other side of the Atlantic as well over here, and they were called 7-Eleven convenience stores. 7-Eleven, because originally they opened from 7 in the morning to 11 at night. They were called 7-Eleven convenience stores, and you just went in like any of these convenience stores to pick up. I guess now we've got the... Tesco Expresses and the Sainsbury-whatevers and the Metros and all these things, but they were just convenience stores, 7-Elevens, made it easy. That's the way too many of the church services are today. They like convenience, 7-Eleven, Seven words. You sing them over 11 times over and over and over and over. Don't mean anything. Just get yourself built up and excited. No basis to it, no reality to it. May I say that it's through the Word of God, through God's Word at work in our lives, that God will be proved faithful. You'll never prove God unfaithful. The problem is sometimes us having the courage to step out and to demonstrate God's faithfulness before others, even if we're the only ones out there. God will never, ever fail us. I may never, ever, ever, and I don't have any, I guess, desires to or <laughs> beliefs that I would, may never be popular with all the in crowd, <laughs> whether it's the world's in crowd or the religious in crowd. But that's okay. <laughs> you know, whatever whatever time I've got left on this earth, I can honestly say I'm quite happy. They might see me as... An old-fashioned Bible pounder, as one that just believes God and trusts God for the things that aren't relevant <laughs> in our world today. Just an old-fashioned Bible preaching preacher. That's that's fine. If that's what I mean, the, the truth is, is that, you know, in the end, I I just want to please God. And that's what you should desire to do. To be totally, totally dependent upon Him. Because you're where God wants you to be, doing what God wants you to do, having the courage to stand against the giants and the lions and whatever else that might that might come into your life against all odds because God's put you there. Demonstrate his faithfulness. Step out there and do what God wants you to do. Don't just sit back and wait and see for somebody else to do it because finally I believe that God will do wonders through those that are dedicated. <laughs> those that are dedicated. What's the promise say on the, in front of you up there on the, on the uh, projector? Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Sanctify yourselves. If you really want to see God do wondrous things in your life, If we as a church really want to see God do wondrous things in our lives, you see, you don't have to. You can just cruise right along because you're saved and you're on your way to heaven, and whatever you do is not going to make you any more saved. We're not talking about that. We're talking about do you want to see God do wonderful and exciting things in your life and in our church? Are you willing... To dedicate yourself, he says, be sanctified. Sanctify yourselves. Purify yourself. Let yourself be set apart from this world. You're going to be different if you're like Jesus Christ. We can't afford to have things in our life that will hinder God working. Remember some of the things that... (laughs) another sermon that I heard this week and it reminded me of a sermon that I preached to you not too too long ago here. You know so many times do you ever feel like when you go to God and you really ask God to do something you feel like you know maybe you don't really have the faith that God's gonna do it because this is not right in your life or that's not right in your life you got things hanging around in there that ought not to be there Maybe you've never got forgiveness for it, or maybe you've asked God for forgiveness for it, but you've kept hanging on to it. The thing is, is that, you know, we need, to, we need to be in communion with God all the time. If there's things in your life, well, why are you letting it hang around? You know, God is faithful. God says if you'll confess it to Him, He's faithful and just to forgive you for it, to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You don't have to be working at a distance. Be willing to be purified, to be set apart from this world. I truly, truly believe that if we'll genuinely be right with God in our hearts and do the things that He wants us to do, that He's still a wonder-working God. He'll still do wondrous things in our life, great things in our life. We find that the church is in a state. Our countries are in states. The world is in a state. But I'm reminded of a passage that, again, we often quote it, but do we really believe it? In 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14, when he said, If my people, this is God, This is if his people, if my people, which are called by my name, those that belong to God, that carry his name as Christians, he says, if they shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, And turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their land. It's not just our lives. It's not just our church. I'm talking about the whole nation. If the people of God will humble themselves and turn from our wicked ways, if we'll pray and seek his face and know that God will do it, he says, I will heal their land. We know the words. But if we got people today that are willing to honestly dedicate themselves to what God wants, to sanctify themselves, and see God do these wondrous things through them, what wondrous things will God do tomorrow, next week, next month, next year? Do we really expect Him to do wondrous things, or are we just set on the fact that we live in such an ungodly time and such an ungodly society that we're never going to see the great things of God again? That's not what God says. That's not what God promises. You see, we're here today. Do we want to see God do wondrous things today? Will you listen to God's directions? Would you be willing to decisively obey what God has asked for you to do through his word? Not to put it off, not to think about it, not to think, well, I'll be glad to do that something," but be a decisive, obedient people. Are you willing to fully depend upon God, to know that no, you don't have What it takes. But God does. You don't have the time. You don't have the money. You don't have the resources. You don't have any of it. But God has it all. Will you dare to have courage to actually believe Him and trust what He says? To defy all the opposition that the world may throw against you? To go through the rough waters, to face all the giants? To march and see Him? Do His work. Do the wondrous things not only before your eyes but for others. I wonder, are you willing to truly step out by faith? You see, if you're here today, there's absolutely nobody else that can do it for you. Just as if you've never stepped out by faith, it doesn't matter How much you know about God, it doesn't matter how much you tell others about God. It doesn't matter how many things you change or don't change. Have you trusted God enough that as a sinner, you've humbled yourself and say, God, please have mercy upon me, a sinner. I don't deserve it. I'll never deserve it. But Jesus loved me enough that he died on that cross to pay for my sins. And that's what I'm trusting in to save me. Nobody in all the world can do that for you. And there is no religious act. There is no church. There is nothing that anybody else can do for you because God has done it all. If you'll trust him, you'll make it personal. If you don't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what Jesus did. It doesn't matter how sufficient it was if you don't trust him. But Christians, we don't just trust him to be saved. Why Do we not see God doing wondrous things? These are just a few things that we've looked at. But they certainly were things that were present to see God do the wondrous things (laughs) when he took his people across Jordan and into the promised land to conquer all those giants. Today, are you willing to step out by faith? Alone, if necessary, alone to trust Him for your salvation, alone as a Christian to see God do wondrous things in your life and around you. Are you willing to demonstrate the faithfulness of God in your life that others can see it in you? Will you dedicate yourself to Him? Truly, wholly, committed to Him in every way. I'm saying right this very moment, will you dedicate your life to Him? Will you sanctify yourself? Will you set yourself apart unto Him? Is there something in your life that you've been putting off that you need to deal with? I'm just simple and old-fashioned enough to believe. God will do wondrous things through each and every one of you. There's nobody here. That God can't work through. If you'll just trust Him, if you'll just believe it, if you'll just put it into actions, I believe God is wanting to do great and wondrous things. I believe that He's wanting to do it through you, not just when you get to heaven one day, but right now, tomorrow, this week, next week, God wants to and will do wondrous things through you. I wonder. Will you trust him to do that today? We're going to sing for a closing hymn this morning. Words that we ought to sing with as a prayer. It says, have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. <laughs> Can you really pray that from your heart today, Lord? Have your own way in my life. Just before we sing, every head bowed and every eye closed, please, please, nobody looking around, Nobody to be embarrassed. Between you and God, and not because that I've got any special prayer power, but because I'm willing to pray for you in the name of Jesus. So one here today, please, don't worry about anybody else or what anybody else thinks. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. Are you here today and you don't have that certainty of knowing that you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Forget about your religion. Forget about what acts you've done. I'm asking you, have you ever trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If you haven't, you know that. Would you slip your hand up and say, I don't have that certainty and I would really appreciate your prayers. I see your hand. God bless you. Anyone else? God knows your heart. The thing is, do you care enough? Do you care enough about now? Do you care enough about eternity? to at least say, I acknowledge, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner, and without Jesus, I have no hope. Would you please pray for me that I can get this settled in my life before it's too late? Anyone else? Slip your hand up. Let us pray for you. Christians, can I ask you? You know you're saved. You know you're on your way to heaven. Do you believe God wants to do wondrous things through you? Are you willing to put into practice these things that we've heard these last three Sundays? Will you, will you today dedicate, commit yourself to him, to listen to him, to do what he wants you to do, to be courageous before this world, to depend completely upon him, to step out and let others see God's faithfulness through you, Will you slip your hand up and say, Preacher, I know I haven't, but I sure wish that you'd pray for me that I truly can find myself in that place. Totally committed to Him. God bless your hand. God bless your hands all over the place. Folks, don't raise them up to impress me. (laughs) I'm impressed with all of you anyway. I love you all sincerely. But if you mean that from your heart, why don't you join with me in prayer right now? Give it to Him mean it. Don't let it be just another religious thing that you do here today, but if God has spoken to you in any of these things, and it's real to you, and you genuinely want to leave here different, God doing something in your life, what He wants to do, things that are unexplainable to you, to the world, to anybody else around you, then you pray with me right now. Father, I first of all want to pray for these that have lifted their hands and said, Lord, I don't have that certainty of knowing that I'm born again. That's not a term we make up. There are many that try to make light of it today, but Jesus is the one that said, ye must be born again. That's the only way to see his kingdom. So, Father, there are those here today that don't have that certainty, and I pray for them especially that you would help them because nobody else can take that step of faith for them. Lord, we know that we live in a world that tries to... Lord, draw them in every other direction except the direction to Jesus. But I pray, work in their hearts today. And Lord, you've seen every hand here that was raised, those that are saved that know that they're on their way to heaven. But they also know that, Lord, there's things in their lives that, Lord, that you could take and do wondrous things through them. Regardless of their background, regardless of where they've been, regardless of what they know, all of their stuff out of the way because they will follow you, commit their lives, dedicate their lives to you, give you the rightful place in their lives, allow themselves to be set apart from this world that you might do wonders through them just as you did through Joshua. Lord, you're still the same God. It's still the same word that we have before us. So I pray, Lord, that you would work in hearts. Help this not be just another meeting, another service, another time that we go out of here and forget all about it. Let it make a difference in our lives, each and every one of us. Lord, certainly this preacher in this pulpit, help me, Lord, not to lose my vision, refresh my vision. Help me, Lord, not to be discouraged and back off, but help me, Lord, to believe more than ever that you still want to save souls in this place. You still want the bright light to shine from this place that all can can see God and know who He is, that Jesus Christ can be glorified and honored. Help us, Lord. Help us to give ourselves to You, to sanctify ourselves, to see the wondrous things take place. course, in Christ's name we pray. Amen.